Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Hey, guys, and I'm JJ. And I'm Kat. And on this episode, we had a fan reach out to us. Jonathan, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Jonathan. I live in uh, central Illinois. JJ, Kat, how are you guys doing? I feel like I haven't seen you in a week or two. <laughs> we're doing good. Uh, we just... <laughs> Sorry, he'll laugh about that. <laughs> yeah. It's a loaded question right now. Well, we just had our own little COVID scare. And so uh, we thought we had been exposed to someone. And so we've been, uh, and we have a roommate who had not been exposed to this person. Uh, so we've been just like living in our uh bedroom and bathroom for, for three days yeah um we were ready to go for two weeks we even had our groceries delivered and everything but uh we got a call saying like originally she said the person that got me sick tested positive my results yeah. haven't come in yet but i'm probably positive positive. and then we got another call that said they mixed up her paperwork her friend's paperwork and they called her and said she was negative and then my Brand got her results back and she's negative. So we just like opened the door and we were like, can yeah. we just go out now? <laughs> well, <laughs> we're a little crazy. But that's we're all, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you guys are good then. I was a little worried because you had told me that off the podcast that you guys had potentially been exposed. But uh, much like JJ's uh, relationship with ghosts, I'm glad you guys are negative with COVID and uh, <laughs> can keep feeling well. Absolutely. And Jonathan, how did you hear about us? A friend of mine has been into podcasts for a long time, and she, I turned her on to some YouTube sites where, you know, people do ghost hunts and things, and so she turned me on to some uh, podcasts, and yours was one of them, so cool. I still listen to yours. <laughs> word of mouth. There you go. Word of mouth. Awesome. Well, Jonathan, why don't you tell us a little bit about your haunting experiences? Well, the first real one, I suppose you could say, happened when I was at a friend's house. I was, I'd been, I stayed with him for probably two or three weeks. I was waiting for an apartment to be ready that wasn't ready. And one night I'm sitting um, in the living room. Sometimes I slept in a bed. Sometimes I slept in the couch. And that night I'm kind of just sitting on the couch and I'm watching television and to my right, um, I'm really up against the wall, kind of like I am here. And to my right, there's a door into the kitchen. And I see this woman pass the door and go to from left, uh, from left to right. And on the other side of that door, on the right side, if you walked in there and you look to your right, there's a refrigerator there. And there's only room for a refrigerator before you get to the wall. So there's what, like three feet, 36 inches, something like that. And as I'm sitting there, I realize that I never saw the light come on for the refrigerator and I didn't hear anything. And um, the next morning I said to my, my friend's mom, I said, I saw you last night. She said, when? I said, when you went to the refrigerator, she said, I didn't go to the refrigerator. She goes, that must've been Edna. And I was like, Oh, who's Edna. And she said, that's the lady that used to live here before she died. And I was like, Oh, well, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So, so yeah, so friends had had previous encounters then with that. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. But you know, I had never heard it. I mean, they had never told me about it before. Um, and that's really, I was, like I said, I was only there about three weeks, but that was the only time I ever experienced Edna. Did Edna pass away in the house? Do you know? Yes. Oh. Yes. She gave me a story at the time about her passing and, and how she had seen her before too. And, uh, you know, but that's been, I mean, that's been 25 years ago. So I don't remember the whole story, but, um, basically, um, she has seen Edna and she said something out loud along the lines of, it's okay that you're here. You don't bother me. And she said that when she said that this like swirly mist thing was you know manifesting in front of her and she said oh no but i don't want to see you 
<laughs> and so she she said over the years she had only seen her a couple of times, but I saw her that night, and I thought I thought it was my friend's mom. It just never occurred to me that it wasn't her until, like I said, I had probably been there a few minutes, you know, just watching television. This was twelve feet away, and I'm like. Well, she never went back across and the refrigerator, you know, the kitchen was dark. If she had opened the refrigerator, it would have, you know, lit up the room and that never happened. So there was no other reason for someone to be crossing the room then. If you were standing in front of that refrigerator door, right behind you was a table that was loaded down with stuff. I mean, there was, there was only, that space only was big enough for a person to stand there and open the refrigerator door. There's nothing else there. You couldn't go anywhere once you got there. Like I said, there was between that door and the wall was big enough for a refrigerator. And that was it. I mean, what, you know, like I said, 36 or 40 inches to the wall and there was nowhere else to go. And it was so clear what you saw that you had to ask your friend's mom the next day. It wasn't like, Oh, maybe that was the light or the window or whatever. It was right. I, she, she had, um, she had shoulder length hair, like my friend's mom. She was wearing kind of a, a nightgown, you know, that older woman, Moo kind of thing, exactly. Oh, they're called Moo <laughs> I grew but, up having to wear Moo <laughs> And I look over there and there she is, you know, and as she's going, I catch, the, catch her as she's going. And so I, you know, like I said, I thought she, it was, you know, thinking back on it, it was, she was awful white colored, you know, just in general monochromatic, you know, kind of thing. But yeah. It wasn't her. <laughs> and at the time, if you had to like rate yourself on believing in ghosts, 10 being you definitely believe, zero, you have no belief, where were you? Then? I think at the time I was probably, um, believed that they probably exist, but had never seen one. And so, you know, I'm, I mean, even today when people say, oh, I saw a ghost, I'm like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. right, you know, but um, I I, you know, the funny thing is when I was a kid, I had a lot of, I had experiences. I don't want to say that they were ghost experiences or that they were psychic experiences. They were more like, I used to call them um, really intense deja vu where I would, um, um, I was in my garage one day where I was probably 13, 14 years old. And there's a kid in town who was, um, everybody knew his name. I'm not going to say it here. I'll call him Billy for the sake of the discussion. And I'm like, I get this really intense feeling that Billy is here. And I walk out of the garage and you can't see the street from the garage, but I walk out of the garage and I walk around the edge of the house and I look and Billy is actually walking in the street on the other side of the street, just walking by. He wasn't stopping to say hi or anything, but he was just going by. And I had experiences like that a lot. I had a belief in, you know, those kinds of things, but I hadn't experienced anything until Edna would have been my first. Would you like describe yourself as being kind of not, not intuitive in like the, you know, sense of like being able to see the future, but just like intuitive of like other people's presences? Mm -hmm. You know, again, I, I always explain it as being intense deja vu. Um, I'll give you another example. I was in, I was in Germany, actually. I was in the army and I was in Germany and I'm sitting, I'm doing all my out processing. I'm leaving, I was in Berlin, Germany and I was leaving Germany and you know, the army makes you do all this stuff. And so I'm actually um, spending the time at a, at a place where I'm doing that. And I just, I talked about some of the, the one of the ladies there brought up, you know, that kind of psychic thingy. And I was, we were talking about the day prior and I'm sitting there and I just get this really intense feeling about this lady and this boy that's about to walk in the door. And I flipped my paperwork open over and I wrote woman and boy, and I held it up to her. And two seconds later, the door opened and there was a woman and boy walking in. And the, the thing is, when I was that age, when I was between probably 10, 11, 12 and probably about, I'm going to guess around 28 at the oldest. I, that's, that was pretty normal for me to do that kind of thing. But since then, I don't know if I've just gotten too old for it, but I just, you know, I haven't really not intense like that. Not like those things were. And I said, I always said intense deja vu because you've had deja vu before. You're like, Oh, this feels weird. I think I've done this before. That's really what it feels like. It's not like, you know, like on TV where they have these, oh, I'm having a premonition or, you know, none of that kind of stuff. I just really felt like deja vu, except it was like really intense. Mm -hmm. So I have a question about deja vu because I've, 
I'm a, you know, a pretty, you listen to the podcast, so you know, I'm a pretty skeptical person. Um, but like, I've experienced deja vu before, but it's always over like things that are so mundane and mm-hmm. like, just not interesting that I've always kind of brushed it off as like, well, that's nothing. I mean, like, do you, do you feel like your deja vu kind of comes at just like very random mundane things or do you feel like there's ever any significance to it? The only other one that I really remember well from when I was a kid was my mom handed me a fistful of hangers and said, go hang these in my closet. And I run up the stairs and I go into my mom's room and I, oh, and just before I open the door, I put my hand on the knob. I knew that there were um, these plastic hangers in there and I don't remember the exact order, right? But it was something like there was a red hanger and a blue hanger and a green hanger and a white hanger and a red hanger. And I knew before I opened the door that that's what would be there. And it's not like I'd been in my mom's closet that day and just already kind of knew. But, you know, what? how useful would that be to tell people I can tell you what the hangers are in your closet? You know, (laughs) really weird. Be great if you could use it for like tests or school or Lottery, yeah. a lot. Well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> or a number of other things, but yeah, it's always like, oh, you know, Billy is across the street. You know, I mean, you know, if Billy was a scary person, that might be useful. But so, Jonathan, I also have experienced like kind of intense deja vu, borderline premonition stuff. But it, it kind of like you, it doesn't really happen as much anymore. It, it happened primarily probably around the same age, like 13 to like mid to late twenties. But it still makes me a little nervous if I get like a rushing negative thought, like, oh, this is going to happen or this is going to happen to this person. Does that ever happen to you? And you just have to tell yourself like, no, that's not real. Like I I can't put stock in that just because I have had these premonitions or have had this intense deja vu. I mean, the, the older I get, the less, you know, the less I... I can feel, you know, any concern about it or anything. I don't, I don't get a lot of, um, I've always, I think I've always, I'm still am, I think a pretty good judge of character when you meet somebody and you're like, eh, you know, but you know, that, that I don't really, I don't really get the negative stuff very often. You know, I never really have. That I, I, I assume it uh, probably has something to do with anxiety and a pandemic. But um, <laughs> do you, do you, what do you attribute that to? So you've got this thing that's, I mean, of course, you know, deja vu is something that a lot of us have experienced, but we don't really have an explanation for it. Why do you think that you have had this happen so much? I mean, I, you know, it's funny you, you asked because the, the other day I was thinking, why, why would I, why would this be something that, you know, I, I I had, I guess, for lack of a better word, you know, I've always been um, kind of artistic, creative. I have ADHD, raging case of ADHD, heavy on the HD for when I was younger. You know, I think that just having that different, you know, mindset and uh, might have something to do with it. It might be, you know, uh, I've heard people talk about, oh, well, you know, children are more susceptible to these things. And so maybe that may be part of it's that I did. I don't want to say that I almost died, but um, I went because I don't really know. But when I was in about it would have been, I think, first grade, I used to get um, my mom always called it bronchitis, but I think it was basically like an asthma attack. And I would pass out on the way to the hospital and I would wake up in a hospital bed under an oxygen tent. And, you know, to what degree I passed out my mom was always kind of a coddler um about stuff like that so you know if it was like darn near death she never would have told me um and you know but that might have something to do with it i i really don't know that's a good question i don't know if anybody can answer that cat have you had many experiences with deja vu Sometimes, and I'm usually pretty, pretty detail oriented with like my environment and the people and like specific emotions people are having. I'm just over here Googling like deja vu. I mean, that's literally, I don't know much about it. They say deja vu is is sometimes triggers like the temporal lobe, which is, which is going to be like memories that are familiar. um, And it's that feeling when, or, or it's almost like your brain recognizes a situation. And so it's almost like your brain just like recalls this old memory that it may have been when we were like two or four and, and, but it doesn't make sense if you're predicting stuff. So then I was, it's just interesting, but I have definitely had deja vu where I'm like, I I feel like I've been Mm -hmm. at this park before. Like I know what you're about to say or something like that. It doesn't happen often. Yeah. I get it through dreams too, which 
like I've always had very vivid dreams and used to suck because I used to have a lot of nightmares. Thankfully, that doesn't really happen as much anymore. I remember, and I can't remember if I've shared this on the podcast before, I probably have, but I had one really specific dream when I was young where I had a neighbor who I was good friends with and we were supposed to go to like the local pool um, the next day. And before we did that, I had this dream that her brother, who was kind of a bully, and now that I think about it, I actually got in a fight with him when I was playing football in high school because he tried to bully me. But anyway, uh, <laughs> he, he had it in the dream. He showed up, made fun of us, and he, he and his friends had like a big beach volleyball and he like spiked it on us and jumped into the pool, like pretty harmless playful bullying but bullying nonetheless and I had a dream that that happened and then we're going to the pool and as we're getting in that dream like rushes back to me and then sure enough I see him come around the corner with the volleyball and then I and I start in my own head I'm like we're gonna get in the water he's gonna walk up and say this he and it was just like watching like a movie unfold that I'd already seen and everything just play out yeah, now that's the only time it's been like step for step kind of thing. I've had other weird things like the first time Andy, who's been on this podcast, who was actually on the last episode, the very first time I met Andy, I just something in my head goes, I'm going to do a project with him. Like once I found out that he's a director and like does different things. And this is before I even started writing, but just some, I just went, I'm going to do something with him. And we went out and party for Halloween and then. Fast forward to now, you know, we're going to be making a movie whenever COVID opens back up. But that kind of stuff is just weird, you know? Yeah, so I mean, it's exactly like you described, except I didn't, I, mine wasn't, I had a dream first and it happened kind of thing. Mine was, you know, knowing in the moment that that's what was going to happen. Wait, okay, I was reading a little bit more and this kind of makes sense in my brain because I work a lot with kids and we do a lot of sensory play to make them a little more confident in trying out new things like, taking a step up or swinging or jumping off something safely, not like jumping off. I, I <laughs> this is a this is the part of therapy and it's not just like a random It's not topic. cats daredevil <laughs> school. I'm, or... <laughs> I'm a pediatric occupational therapist, so this kind of brain stuff is really exciting for me. And so when we're doing it, usually my process is they'll feel, they'll use their senses and, and their body will get more comfortable with it and then they'll learn the skill. And what I'm reading is that uh, some people phrase deja vu kind of like a glitch. So usually you see the sensory information. So you're using your eyes, you, you see it, and then you understand what's about to happen. But in that moment, in like a literal moment, it's like your brain glitches and switches them. So you might be thinking that you are thinking it and then you see it, but really maybe you saw them first. And then you experienced it. Uh, I should work on explaining that more because I just figured that, or not that that's what it is, but that's a theory. And I, I think that's so interesting to It's like a brain, brain Because like, if you think about it, other parts of your body glitch every now and then, like, you know, astigmatism and whatever it may be with eyes, right. hearing and everything, hallucinations, your brain is just always doing, making up new things. Um, well, I mean, there's this theory that you're always living in the past because every sensory detail is actually takes, you know, milliseconds to get to your brain. So when you touch something and it's hot, your body already knows your brain just hasn't got the information yet. So, exactly. yeah. which is like, if there's something to do with like the, the fear response, there's like three different, oh, I should, I should know this. One of them is like a cannonball theory. I learned this in psychology where like you see the cop lights and you're like behind you and you know, you're about to get pulled over. So do you react and then you viscerally react or do you viscerally react and then you act physically? So like you see the lights, do you turn the wheel and drive slower and pull over or do you see the lights and like your heart rate speeds up and then you move the car, you know, things like that. It so feels it's like math. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of the, but I want deja vu to be real because it sounds amazing that we have past lives or something. I would love to know that I had a past life and I'm reliving these moments. It would be neat. Well, and I think that kind of touches on the point that, you know, I'm often making that like our brains are like imperfect machines, right? And so like, like we have a really hard time conceptualizing that like what we see isn't necessarily reality we see reality through you know the filter of our brain and you know sometimes like you know per you know perfectly sane people have still have imperfect brains and that's not to like discount anyone's experiences I mean obviously I don't know I guess like I always am gonna have doubts because of you know the the limited things that I know about how our brains work 
Kat knows a lot more than I but do. But then how but... do you explain Edna? Is our brain yeah. like remembering, uh, as, um, like, oh, I just got so excited because the filter that you, that you talked about visually, maybe there is a spirit there and for a second your brain glitches and it's like, I'll let you see this. Oops. Well, yeah, JJ, let's... just let us be magic for five minutes. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, let's get, let's get back to Edna. I'm wondering if, um, you know, were there uh, like things that your your friend's mom would tell you that, you know, Edna used to do in the house or? No, that's the thing. I mean, the conversation, we didn't really have the conversation before that until, you know, I told her my experience and then, you know, she talked about it that at that time. And then, you know, I never really talked, we never really talked about it again. Um, I don't think it was, you know, it wasn't like a, you know, I don't want to talk about it kind of thing. It just, you know, never came back up again, but it was weird because, you know, you, you know, you see, you see these things on like some of the, the television shows where they recreate these things and, you know, the lights are dimmed and there's the music and all that. And it wasn't that at all. It's just the TV was on. I see this person move over there. I look over there and I catch the tail end of them going to the refrigerator and don't think twice about it mm-hmm. until 10 minutes later, it occurs to me that they never went back and that the light never came on because they never opened the refrigerator. And I'm like, Oh, well, that was interesting. So, you know, and Jonathan, was that the only time you ever saw a physical apparition or did that happen again? I've seen shadow people. Um, in fact, there, there was one that I would see, often um but that i mean in terms of a full body apparition type that was a human being and you know the, yeah that was the only time that happened but the when i i teach high school and i used to work at a high school that's you know an hour away basically it's standard mid-america high school old you know original to the town practically not quite but you know built in the early 1900s and you know there's an old section and a new section that are kind of blended together and the old section had a gymnasium that was really just kind of like an overflow gym for de classes and things like that and some kids were in my class one day and one of them was talking about how um in what i'll call the old gym um in the corner there's a little ramp that goes up um it's about a you know foot and a half step up kind of thing and in the the room you enter is an old the old girls locker room and you know it's no longer a locker room it's just storage uh, but it's you know a long room probably upwards of 60 feet long but it's only about 15 feet wide and as soon as you walk in the door right directly across from you is an old the old coach's office um glass windows all the way around up to well the the bottom is you know wood solid wood but um probably about waist high and then it's glass everywhere else and the door was glass and um she goes in there after a ball or something i don't recall the exact story she if you if you when you walk in if you turn to your left and you're looking down you know the the majority of the room towards the back the shower our heads are still there, but the stalls have been ripped down. Um, there's still sinks near the door. There's still sinks along the wall and mirrors on the wall, um, but they're not operational anymore. And she said that standing in front of one of those sinks, looking in the mirror, was a girl in a hoop sk- or in a poodle skirt from you know, which would have been like the 50s. <laughs> and um, what she described as a poodle skirt. And you know, kids kids say things. You never really know for sure if what they're saying is true. Say the darndest things. Right. So um, I always say you have to take everything they say with a grain of salt. There's probably a little bit of truth in there. There's a little bit of embellishment in there. Um, But I went, um, for some reason, I went down there um, just out of curiosity. And I walk into that room and I'm standing about halfway between the door and that coach's office. And I'm just standing there and I'm looking down, down the, you know, down the, the entire room. And it's just, like I said, it's storage. There's just garbage and crap just kind of on both sides. And I see this movement out of the right side. And it was that classic shadow person lean out and lean back kind of thing two or three times while I'm standing there. And I thought, well, the first time I saw it, I thought, oh, you know, the stigmatism or something, there was a floater, I didn't, you know, you try to explain things away. And, but then it happened again and again, I'm like, huh, this, and this is broad daylight. This is like at, you know, maybe one o'clock in the afternoon, fully lit room, fully lit gymnasium. Nobody's down there, but me and whoever that was. And, um, a couple of days later I go back. And I go and I stand in the same place. I walk in, I just kind of stand there and I look down and think, and sure enough, I see it again. And pretty much every time I went down there, I would see that, that shadow person. Wow. 
I mean, how often would you go down there? Um, I didn't go down there a lot, but I easily probably five, six times it happened. I mean, you know, I, I was, I happened to be a golf coach at the time. So, and I'm a terrible at golf, but, <laughs> and I would be at the school late at night. I would have to, I always, I got the, the privilege of driving the golf team. So I would drive them and we'd go to, you know, in some small town school in the middle of nowhere, you know, you're driving to small golf courses in the middle of nowhere and you get back, it's late, it's dark. And I'd always end up having to go inside the building for something. And it always felt kind of, you know, it always felt creepy, but it is, is it creepy because it's a dark old building or is it creepy because it's really creepy? I mentioned it to a janitor and he always said that doors would always shut up on the, in the old section on the third floor, doors would always shut. He said he would have doors open because he'd, he would, you know, come in after school's gone and all the teachers are gone and he'd unlock all the doors and open them all. So he could go in and clean everything and he'd either hear them. He he's never said he saw them shut, but he always said he could hear them shut or he would, you know, go away and come back and they would be shut. Was the shadow person just completely dark? Did they have yeah. any other qualities or just? Oh, just, I mean, and it was always that, um, it wasn't like they were standing there and I could see their feet and their hands and their head. It was always that lean out, you know, shoulders, head, silhouette. And it was always just, you know, it was always dark. It was never, it was never anything but a, a black, dark, non-transparent thing. Had there been any tragedies at the school you were aware of? That's a good question. I have no idea, you know, if like, you know, I don't, I don't think like, you know, like a murder had been committed at the school surely over the years. I mean, that thing was probably built in a early 1900s at the, at, you know, at the earliest, not much older than the thirties, you know, there's probably certainly students that had passed at it. You know, every school over a period of time has students that have passed while they were in school. Personally, I don't know of any, you know, and, and maybe I did at the time, but again, we're, we're still talking, that would have been 15 years ago when I saw that, those shadow people. You know, like as it was happening, did you ever think to like, approach it and investigate it or was it I, I didn't in, for all my experiences I never I was never a ghost hunter uh-huh. um so I never it never occurred to me I mean to do that um I just you know I'd be like I wonder if my shadow person's still down there and I'd go down there and sure enough there they'd be recently I've started um doing ghost hunts with people I've only been on one real ghost hunt where and even that was you know it was to a place that was that was haunted there was a shadow person there that they saw I was with three girls and we're standing in a room and there's a baby grand piano and I'm standing on one side and they're standing on the other and there's about between me and the wall is about six feet and they're all standing there and they got really quiet and then you know they were like oh my god oh my god oh my god and I'm like what what and they're like there was a huge shadow person right behind you just a second ago and you know I didn't feel anything I didn't hear anything I didn't you know nothing I didn't even see it but they did because they were looking right at it and me I really wanted the grand piano to start playing itself while you were in the- <laughs> I just got chill bumps. You said those shadow people. So have you seen more shadow people than just? No, I was, I was referring to the ones at that place. There was, you know, the thing is when we were there, it was, you know, I, it's, they saw it plain as day, all three of them. You know, I, we saw things out of the corner of our eyes and, and things like that, but it's, are are you seeing shadow people or are you just seeing you're in the dark and your eyes, you know, kind of mess with you a little bit when you're in the dark and you see things is it, you know, so it's, I can't say that's a shadow person every time I see something move in the dark, but um, that, you know, the, the difference between that and what I saw at that school was, it was broad daylight, you know, in the middle of the day in a fully lit room. And, you know, it wasn't like, Oh, I saw something out of the corner of my eye in a dark, spooky house, you know, kind of thing. And you never felt threatened when you saw the shadow people? I never did. Uh, and, you know, again, that's the thing, the, the experiences I've had, I've never felt afraid, never been afraid to go back um, as a result of what I saw. A friend of mine says, you're, that's because you're not smart enough to be afraid. <laughs> but, you know, I just, I was, I mean, shadow people, people say they are not something to be messed with. And, you know, I don't know for sure. I think that there's probably, you know, spirits that manifest as shadow people. And then there's the real scary, you know, man with a top hat, shadow man that that people have talked about over the, over the years. I've never seen that. That would be different. You know, I don't wake up and there's one standing at the foot of my bed, you know, that kind of thing. That would, that would probably be a terrifying situation. 
So you, yeah. have you ever experienced sleep paralysis before? I actually have. And I, um, not often, um, the last time was probably a year ago and I felt like I had that and I, I just, I don't know how to explain it. I, I just felt like I, I, you know, I got this again, I don't know how to explain it, but I was just like, get off me. And I was fine. And I went back to sleep and haven't had it since. I had it last week. Remember? Oh yeah, that's right. I took a, I haven't had it in a while, but I took a midday nap. And I remember as I was going into it, I was like, oh, finally, like, JJ will see that I'm in sleep paralysis. But that doesn't make sense. Like, he wouldn't know. <laughs> and, and I remember, like, going into it being like, I need to fight this. I need to, like, try to say his name. And I did. I thought I said his name because I, I saw him walk by to that's, the bathroom. That's right. You were like, did you hear me say JJ? And he walked like, by, uh, and he was like, I haven't been in the room since you've been asleep. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was, I was like, okay, that makes me feel great. So you saw something other than JJ walk by? I mean, in my head, I either like, I either like fell asleep thinking that when he walks by, I'm going to say his name. So he knows that this is happening to me. And maybe that became, I manifested that into a dream or maybe there was something in the room, but it felt like he walked by and I was like, JJ. Maybe you were just dreaming about your boyfriend. I don't know. The skepticism washed over JJ's face <laughs> as you're telling this story. And the skepticism washed over I could, I could over hear my his eyes rolling. What? <laughs> Said I could hear his eyes rolling as you were saying. <laughs> Did the mic uh, pick that up? <laughs> no, I'm no, I th you know the the claim though is that with that sleep paralysis that you are kind of in a dream state. So, you know, are you dreaming? Are you not? It could, you know, maybe the answer is yeah, sort of. Yeah, I hate sleep paralysis. Oh, I could do without works. ever having that again. So, Jonathan, have you had any other supernatural experiences you want to share with us, or is that that's the the most intense stuff? Other things are, you know, like um, the deja vu stuff. You know, some of that's pretty mundane when you're opening closets and finding hangers. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> it's a well, very specific type of psychic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Interested in your wardrobe? What do you got in there? You tell me where I left my glasses. <laughs> a lot more useful. <laughs> now, Jonathan, have you ever spoken to a medium or a psychic to try to find out why some of these things happen to you? No, I mean, not really, no. I mean, I've been around people, you know, I've, I, I said I'd been on a ghost hunt. I've actually been on two. I've neglected one of them, um, to remember one of them anyway. And um, there was a psychic there but you know my i'm you know you sometimes ask people when they come on where they are on a one to ten scale you know i'm a 10 in terms of believing that ghosts are real because i've seen them but i'm i'm you know just because you say you're a psychic i'm i need more you're gonna have to impress me you know you're i'm a five solid i think psychic the ability exists in people i think there are probably people who are who are genuine psychics but you know i don't think everyone who claims to be one is one so i would i would have a hard time unless i saw some you know world famous that everyone agrees on psychic i would i have a hard time believing that they're not just giving me a solid cold read, you know? JJ, speaking of that, did you ever get that hemorrhoid that April warned you about? I did not. And it was uh, a hemorrhoid? I don't know. It was something. Uh, her, uh, no, a hernia. A hernia. Or a groin Which, weirdly though, I think I've talked about this. For, if you haven't listened to the episode, a um, psychic predicted that I was going to get a hernia. Or, or told me to just be careful be about careful, it. Yeah. And at first I was like, that's some BS. Um, but then, like, that was, like, the week before uh, I moved. And so, you know, I was moving a lot of heavy furniture um, and everything. And so, you know, as I was moving, it was definitely top of my top of <laughs> mind. So maybe if she hadn't warned me, I would have been uh, more careless and might have injured myself. But then I never would have known yeah. that, you know. Anyway, so I don't know. Um, and I, I totally feel you, Jonathan, when it comes to psychics. I, I used to think, like, you know, all of it was just kind of bullshit. But, um, you know, we've talked to a lot of psychics and heard some really hard stories to refute. So I, I wouldn't say I'm still like, oh, yeah, psychics. But even if you do fully 
believe in psychics, just like any other industry, there's sure to be scammers out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think there are definitely psychics, but, you know, it's amazing when you go to, I've, like, I've only been on two of these ghost hunts. They're organized by a company, a guy, a local guy owns. Um, he does a lot of paranormal books and things like that. He's a great guy. Um, but when you go on these things, it's amazing how many people are sensitive. And, you know, and I'm like, if you say so, I'm not going to argue with you, but if you say so. As someone who's been on a ghost hunt, like what, what can you tell us about some of the equipment they use? And like, I mean, how do you know that that stuff is actually doing what, you know, people say it's doing, and it's not just like a very ex- expensive electronic prop. Right. Um, well, I can give you my two cents, and that's about what it's worth, probably. But um, you know, and and a digital recorder is a digital recorder. There's not a lot to go wrong there. If you're recording something and you hear a voice in the background that that you can or that you're sure wasn't there, that isn't just oh, I picked up you know Billy over there's talking while we were doing our thing. I think you're more likely to have static and things like that that might come on a digital recorder than full sentences, you know, a word here and there. You know, I've, I like to watch the ghost shows It's because they're fun. Um, some of them are so bad that they're fun. But, you know, you, they'll, when you hear them on television, they'll say they'll you hear something and then they put the word across the bottom what it is. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I can hear it now because you told me what I'm supposed to be hearing for. Um, and maybe it's just bad audio on the part of the show and it doesn't translate well i don't know um we have i have an sb7 spirit box and which is basically um you have a radio in your car and there's a seek button so if you're like you just hit that button and your your radio scans until it hits the next channel um the sb7 does that except when it hits the next channel it doesn't stop it just keeps going and so it cycles through and it actually cycles through a little faster than your radio does. Um, so if it does hit a channel, it's only on the channel for a second or a half a second or something. Um, the very, 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 very first ghost hunt I went on, which was only about a year and a half ago, um, I had pulled that SB7 box out just to see what it had. I didn't expect anything. And clear as day, this little girl comes across the spirit box and says, hi, can you see me? at almost exactly that speed and i'm like again i'm a skeptic i believe these things are true but i don't believe everything i you know every little you know i won't you won't find me with a with uh what is that sls camera you know that that picks the connect camera that picks up your storm because i think there's just way too many false hits and to really be a legitimate tool i'm sorry if people like that thing it's just not me but this thing i know that when you hit that radio station it goes right past it you can hear sometimes when it's cycling through you can hear book book as it bounces through the radio station this was a complete sense that lasted over you know two and a half three seconds long and was as clear as a day everybody standing around us just wigged out you know because of how clear this thing was recorded or you know like I said, it was my very first ghost hunt. Hindsight being twenty twenty, did not have a, didn't even think about having a digital recorder running at the same time. Somebody was recording in the room, but there's people talking next to them, and they kind of step all over it, and you you can barely hear that something is said, but you can't really hear what it was. Oh man, sorry, I'm going to be the annoying skeptic again. But Go ahead, no, please. If it's, if it's picking up radio waves, I mean, is it possible that you know it can pick up? A, a little girl on a walkie-talkie saying that in like a, a house nearby or i mean that i suppose that's possible i don't really know you know what frequency they're running you know can do you hear people on and i'm going to play um, devil's advocate if you're going to play skeptic yeah, um, if if i'm on a walkie-talkie um why aren't people on the radio picking that up? And, and I suppose it's possible depending on the frequency of the walkie talkies versus the radio frequency, which are two different things because one run, I think they run at a higher Hertz rate. One, it was like 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So there's that. And, and that doesn't discount that it couldn't have been, but the likelihood is less. Um, I just, I don't know. That's, that was, it's, it's, if I have a regret in the whole ghost hunting thing, it's because it would be that I didn't have a digital recorder at that moment. Running. Also, JJ, how many little girls do you know with walkie talkies? That's a trick question. Don't answer. <laughs> well, that's true. I don't know if they still play with walkie talkies. 
Um, there is this though. There, there had been reported at that place. Um, it was an old funeral home. Um, that changed hands a couple of times from about the 1930s. It was a doctor's office and then became a um, uh, funeral home. And then um, when the depression hit because people couldn't afford furniture, it was a furniture maker's house originally. So we started making coffins because people were still dying and it just kind of became a funeral parlor from that moment on and stayed one up and up through, um, I think the early nineties. And one of the claims at that house was a little girl who was upstairs on the second floor, which is where we were. Those two things together makes it a little more believable, I suppose. I mean, they're just stories if you don't have a recording to prove it, but. I struggle with all the recording stuff a little bit, just cause I, it's kind of like JJ says, like, if you're not there, it's hard to, 100%. And, and just because like I edit the podcast and I know how easy it is to edit audio, honestly. And it's like, how do you know what we're, and I'm not saying you, I mean like on the bigger sure. scale stuff, like the stuff you see on Instagram that goes viral and like oh, yeah. on YouTube, like how are we supposed to trust that all that stuff's happening? Yeah. I don't know. I, that, yeah, I, don't I just, know. every single, everything I see, every single, there's a, I'm not going to name the show, but there's a show on that does a lot of, you know, YouTube videos, they show YouTube videos basically. And, and a lot of times I, I, you know, I'm like, there's, that could easily be accomplished with a string or magician's thread, or, you know, how do I know that wasn't added in, in some sort of post-production type situation and you don't. And so, you know, it's 2020, you know, if it's, you know, if it was, you know, film from the fifties, that, that might be a little more of a challenge, but yeah. I mean, you just don't. And that's, I mean, welcome to 2020. Yeah, yeah, that's weird to me that there's a show using YouTube as like their source material. Oh. It's there. They don't. I don't think they. They don't use YouTube as the source material. Um, every time I watch it, I'm. Uh, you know, I I watch enough ghosty stuff on YouTube that by the time it hits their show, I'm like, uh, I saw that on YouTube. I saw that on YouTube because a few of the other YouTubers have put it on their shows and so they've gone viral enough that this show now picks them up and well jonathan you um survived the shadow people you saw sweet old edna you've got psychic abilities to see what hangers are in your mom's closet <laughs> what uh what advice would you give to our audience or kind of lasting words would you give to our audience about your experiences and how it's impacted you as a person um, just that it's not at all like it is on television. You know, they, I, I see all these, some of them, um, I've seen the YouTube version of what happened, the person with the camera. And then I've seen that situation reenacted on a show and the show version was scary because of the music and the lighting and all of that. But in reality it was like, Oh look, there's a phone jumping off the, the cradle, you know, that's weird, but is it terrifying the way the show produces it? So in reality, a lot of times it's, at least for me, it's just, it's, I think you, I think the way you react to things can make them more than what they are. And so my advice is, don't run every time you see a shadow person, maybe, but maybe you should. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't think I could have said it better myself. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Jonathan. We really appreciate you sharing your stories. And yeah, I, I hope, I don't know. I, I kind of don't want you to see any more shadow people, but maybe you do want to see them. I don't know. Whatever. Not in my house. You know, maybe <laughs> at one of these ghost hunt things, okay. but not in yeah. my house. Lucky hunting, I guess is what yeah. we should say. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, let us know if you have any successful ghost hunts. We'd love to have you come back. Oh, as soon as I, I'm going on one this weekend, actually. So um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, That's absolutely. Awesome. Uh, keep us updated on your journeys. We'd appreciate that. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jonathan. You have a good night. You too. Wow. So Jonathan had some pretty neat stories. I kind of hope I never see shadow people hiding <gasps> anywhere. And he was like super calm about it. Yeah. Well, I like how predictable that shadow person was that like, I, I feel like the first time I see that I would not like, I would be like getting out of there. But then if it happened a second time, mm. I would want to, I would want to investigate that. Well, Kat, what did you think about the fashion, fashion choice of uh, the, the, if we assume that that shadow person was the same ghost that that child saw with the hoop skirt or whatever, I, that's, that would be kind of a cool ghost to see, like a 50s ghost. Yeah, I mean, like, 
people make the argument a lot about how all these ghost stories are about people from the early 1900s and late 1800s and the 50s and whatever, and they don't see a lot of common or hear about stories from like recent ghosts that have died. But like, if I'm going to see a ghost, I want to see, you know, the stereotypical ghosts from from a long time ago. And if they're in a hoop dress, that would be great. Noah, how come you never ask me fashion questions? Oh, also, good point, JJ. <laughs> JJ's hair does look on point for uh, for uh, pandemic life. I, I would be embarrassed to show you what I've got hiding under this hat. Uh, you guys both look nice tonight. I, I feel like a schlub. So. Well, we, we have put a, a lot new, of effort into it. And we have a new light. Per uh, that's true. And we have a desk, so we're not like sitting hunched over on the couch or nice. the bed. Hey, it, it all makes a difference, guys. You do, have, you do have good lighting. I've got a light set up. I just never turned it on because I'm like, they're going to laugh at me. I have like this blaring sun next to me shining on. Um, well, so with Jonathan and these shadow people, I, I think my favorite part was just that he got premonitions and the premonition that he found most interesting or comical was that he knew what color his mom's hangers were going to be in the closet. Yeah, because that's totally, I, I mean, like, the, the deja vu moments I've had have always been, like, just the stupidest stuff that I'm like, obviously there's nothing supernatural about this because it's so mundane and commonplace. And most of the time I'm like, oh, I know what JJ is about to say about this thing that I did that he didn't notice, but that's not because I have a spiritual connection. That's just because I'm very smart. And I'm predictable. <laughs> Kat, do, do you have an issue of JJ not noticing? No, uh, not a lot. He's so good. Well, I'm just glad you guys are COVID free. I, I got a little nervous when I read that. I was like, 72 oh, hours in this room started oh to feel uh, longer. So much cabin fever. It's like you guys are on a reality dating show. You know, those people are just stuck together all day, every day. Although that has kind of been what the p pandemic has been like. I feel day. like people are going to emerge with better perspectives on what relationships entail. And there's going to be better, there's going to be better understanding for what you want in a friendship, relationship, et cetera. But that's not what this podcast is about. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, <laughs> I am happy that it, I have a, they, like it's weird having a baby during this time, but man, it makes the time go by really fast. And I'm curious to see how all these children who are getting all this attention from their parents, how they're going to be affected. Cause it's kind of an unusual dynamic as a child but, to get all this. But honestly, attention. seeing my nieces and nephews, they're almost getting less attention because like beforehand really? you drove to school where you saw all your friends, then especially where they live, they have like extracurricular activities every single day. And they came home and they were exhausted. They ate dinner, took a shower, went to bed. And they didn't really need, they didn't get super excited when like their family would visit. I mean, they love us, but it would be like, hey, and then they would go play. But now it's like they crave our attention Zoom and when we come over and like they're getting more family time so they get to bond. And of course, it's good for them to be social with their friends at school when that's safe. Yeah. But I don't know, it's kind of, yeah. it's something retroactive about it with them. Yeah. Well, as far as relationship building goes, in my opinion. If, if you are a parent and you're trying to figure out what the heck to do with, you know, your kid with all this time, sit him down and have him listen to our podcast. It's great for kids. Stop. Maybe if they're over 16. I don't know. Whatever you have to be to see an R-rated movie, I feel like that's what our podcast oh, would be. Oh, we are not R-rated. Well, I have to click the explicit button. And, you know, there's a lot of episodes, though, where we don't even curse at all. But I just, I feel like it's <laughs> weird just to have random episodes not clicked in. Anyway, we have gotten way off track. So, uh, Jonathan was fun. Uh, I thought he was really nice and came off like, I just really trusted him during that. I don't know yes. why, but it just felt like I was in the pocket of his story. He could have really told me about anything during that, and I probably would have bought it. Did he move the needle for you guys? I know that's kind of a tired expression now because we've done so many episodes, but somebody like Jonathan, who's a teacher and, and comes off a little trustworthy, like, how did you guys feel about his stories? You know, I don't know. I, when people say they just like saw something out of the corner of their eye, I, I tend to not believe that because, you know, I, 
He like, has, JJ has bad vision. He doesn't get it. I have bad vision. Yeah, I can't find my glasses. And, He's currently um, not wearing his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I just tried waving my hand to the side of JJ's head to see if he could see it, but we're is, on a Zoom video, so he could see me in the video. Is that anyway. you, Catherine? It sounds like your voice. <laughs> like, I, I thought he was a... I, I think it's getting easier for me to, like, actually take a lot of this in as a realistic thing that people are experiencing, obviously. Um, and that they're really seeing something and, and whether it's more brain things or, or sensory things or energy things, you know, my kick. Um, he, he definitely believes it enough to start going on ghost hunts as a hobby. I mean, you know, right. if, if he was just full of crap, why would you spend time doing that in your spare time? Yeah. You know? I mean, he said he was a full on 10 because he had seen a ghost, which, you know, I feel like if I just saw like, a, a figure pass in front of me, I would probably just assume that, you know, I just saw something. Yeah. But it would know. add a little more weight to it. I feel like though, if somebody the next day was like, Oh, that's old Betsy Jean, you know, she, she died here a couple of years name. ago. Betsy For sure. Jean. Yeah. Where I'm from, My everybody roommate. has a double it was that I was just trying to go with a different name. Our other roommate says he thinks this place is haunted. So maybe we should really? get just a vibe or uh, well, just we, like noises but we also live in a townhouse connected to other walls so we do hear a lot of like footsteps mm. and voices through the wall or right outside but yeah. he th- like he feels like he has he turns sometimes because he sees something go by so Ew. maybe we'll have him on does, does the does matt the cat ever see any ghosts oh all the time matt is like all over the place looking around i don't i you know i don't really I guess like you guys, I don't really do the needle thing anymore. I agree with Kat that it becomes easier and easier just to kind of buy into these stories on a certain level. Yeah, I don't know that we've heard the shadow man story so many times. Um, it really seems to be a kind of a universal phenomenon mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, granted, we, I don't think the three of us, Kat, did you say you had a shadow man experience or? No. Okay. I know JJ hasn't. I had a shadow man experience, but when I looked more closely, it was a bathrobe hanging up on a coat rack. (laughs) Great. Um, Well, I have not had it. Well, I guess I don't know what you call that thing when a kid. I don't know if I call that a shadow man. It was more like. Oh, yeah. Your Jawa. Episode one. Episode one. Yeah. But anyway, fun episode. I'm glad he was able to come on. And we'll see if maybe next time a ghost talks to him through that squeak box or whatever, he'll uh, be able to send us a a recording of it. Oh, well, I'm JJ. I'm Kat. And I'm Noah. And that's another episode of We nailed that. What just happened there? Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.